Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. Acts chapter 2 verse 41 through 47. When you have it, you can say amen. And if you don't have a Bible with you, I want to just direct your attention to the screen. And it says, those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church. That day, about 3,000 in all. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to fellowship and to sharing meals. This is the scripture that I give Lisa every time she doesn't allow me to pick on her food. Sharing meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them, uh, came over them all, and the apostles performed many miracles, signs, and wonders, and all the believers met together in one place, sharing everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. And they worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Another translation, the message translation, puts it this way. It says, every day their numbers grew as God added to those who were being saved. I'll read that one more time. Every day their numbers grew as God added to those who were being saved. I want to give you the title. If you're taking notes today, I want you to write today's title in your notes. Simply two words, growth power now announce out to your neighbor help me preach this message look at the person next to you tell them growth power tell them make some room i'm about to grow amen help me pray heavenly father we just thank you lord that we're about to dive into this message oh god we pray lord that your holy spirit speaks to our hearts today oh god that this may be more than information being disseminated but this is a message that will transform our lives In Jesus' name, we pray, Lord, and we love you. Lord, we ask you to forgive us, oh God, for uh, the sin of gluttony this last couple of days. In Jesus' name, we pray, and everybody shouts, amen and amen. Come on, give God a praise in this room one more time. Um, How many of us enjoyed our Thanksgiving? I I can't really see anybody. Vic, Vic, would you be able to help me out? Can you bring this down here? I feel the anointing right there. Is that all right? I feel, I feel a lot of smoke up here. Anointing right there. <laughs> and I knew, it's funny because as I was preparing this message, I felt like God was saying, hey, preach from, from the floor. And, um, um, and so I want to ask, how many of you guys enjoyed your Thanksgiving? Yeah. Are you guys like stuffed? Is that what it is? It's like you guys no energy. Did you, enjoy, did you enjoy your Thanksgiving? How many of you guys had multiple Thanksgivings? I think I had like three Thanksgivings. I, I, I don't know. I was just repenting all this morning. I was just like, God, just, just loathing in my sorrow. Just, God, forgive me. This is why I cannot lose weight like I was talking about last week. Um, 
I enjoy Thanksgiving. One of the things I like about Thanksgiving is that my wife gets to show off. She, she gets to cook. I, I don't know if you know this about my wife, Lisa. She, she throws down. You know what I'm saying? Like, my wife can throw down. And I didn't know how to eat food. I didn't, all I ate was chicken fingers and french fries. That's all I ever ate, chicken fingers and french fries. And then my wife introduced me to flavor. You know what I'm saying? She knows, she taught me how to eat garlic. She taught me how to eat onions, all that. I didn't eat none of that stuff. I thought that was of the devil. And all I ate was chicken fingers and french fries. You know what I'm saying? That's all I ate, chicken fingers, french fries, and honey mustard. Come on, somebody, honey mustard. That's it. A bowl of honey mustard. Let me dip the chicken fingers in there. Let me dip. And my wife changed my life when we got married because she started introducing me to stuff that I had never tasted before. And all of a sudden, my, my palate started, started developing and I knew how to eat some food. My wife can throw down. She makes, I mean, uh, throughout the years, I've tasted some amazing Baked mac and cheese. You know what I'm talking about? I've tasted some amazing potato salad. Not to be confused with mashed potatoes because it's a totally different thing with gravy. That's a whole nother ball game. I've tasted every kind of steak. And when I started eating more plant-based, she started making this quinoa chili. I mean, with so much flavor. You just ate it and you were just like, you know, there's something spiritual about eating. You just put the spoon in your mouth and you're like, glory to God, somebody. Give God some praise. It's a spiritual connection with food and, and God. That's why I eat so much because I just want to be connected. And, and I've tasted everything. But one of my favorite meals of my wife is, 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 is this. And i got to say it this way. And many of you guys, it's in a different language. You guys may not all understand this language, and that's fine. But I just want you to say this with me because if I don't say it this way, then it's not the authentic dish that it's supposed to be. And one of my favorite dishes of my wife is this thing called arroz con gandules. And you have to say it that way. If you don't say it that way, it's not that. And, and I love my wife when she makes arroz con gandules. And, and, and one of the things I realized, I'm telling you, man, arroz con gandules, we've gone, you know, you know when you like prideful about your, the, the, the food that you make, like you go to other restaurants and you're just like, yeah, it's just not the same. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they did their best. And, and, and that's how I feel when I go to a Spanish restaurant. If it's not better than my wife's, I'm like, baby, you need to open up your own restaurant. And we've talked about opening up a restaurant called King Cocino. Who cooked that food? You know what I'm saying? And, uh, and what I've realized also that arroz con gandules has secret recipe, has secret ingredients inside of it. Like if you were raised in a Hispanic home, you kind of know exactly what I'm talking about. And so I want to, I want to invite you into my Hispanic heritage. But one of the things that my wife includes every time you're going to have arroz con gandules, you're always going to have inside of it two ingredients. As a matter of fact, you will not, it's not arroz con gandules unless you have these two ingredients. And one of them is called adobo. And the other one is called sofrito. You cannot have, see some of the people are like, what is sofrito? <laughs> you, you, I can't even explain it. I can't even explain it. All I know is you make it in the blender, you let it sit in your freezer for three weeks, you put it in packs, and then you pop it inside the food every time you're going to go cook. And it has to sit in your freezer for some reason. And that thing can stay there for all year. But you take that sofrito out, bam, you're ready to cook. 
And what I realized is that when she makes, I told her, I said, baby, can you make some arroz con gandules? She goes, no, I don't have adobo or sofrito. I said, why do you need that? Just make arroz con gandules. She said, listen, I can make rice with pigeon peas. But if I don't have adobo and I don't have sofrito, then it's not arroz con gandules. It's not that. Like, it's just not that. Anytime you'll make arroz, someone say it with me, gandules, with gandules, you're always going to have adobo and sofrito. And what does this have to do with today's message? I don't know, but I just wanted to talk about food for a second. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. What I th- well, the way I think it relates to this is because in the same way that you, can make ar- you can't make arroz con gandules, it's the same way when it comes to God. You can't make it without sofrito and you can't make it with adobo. It's the same way when it comes to God that you cannot fulfill your purpose Anytime you have a plan, anytime that God's dream for your life, anytime that when it involves God's recipe for your life, it cannot be done outside of relationship. Anytime that God has a recipe for your life, it will always include relationships. Anytime that God has a purpose for your life, it will always include people. Anytime that God has a calling for your life, it will always include a community. So here's what I want to tell you today, that God has a purpose for every single one of us in this room. Can we praise God for that? That there's a purpose for every single person in this room. But guess what? God also knows that you can never accomplish what he's called you to accomplish. You can never succeed the way God intended you succeed by yourself. If you can do what God has called you to achieve by yourself, then you're not dreaming big enough. See, because what God has purpose for your life and what God has planned for your life is wrapped around in the context of people. It's wrapped around in the context of community. And in and, and the way that God will shape you, in the way that God will actually have you develop and grow and mature. How many of us want to grow in this church? Do you want to grow? Anybody want to grow in this church? Anyone want to develop? Anyone want to become all that God has called them to become? Guess what? The way God does that is through community. The way that God does that, listen, you can try to circumvent it. You can try to grow all by yourself. You can try to achieve things on your own. But let me tell you, you might as well call it something else. You might as well call it some rice and chicken peas because it is not arroz con gandules. Because if it's the purpose of God, if it's the dream of God for your life, if it's God's form of developing you, God's form of of maturing you, it's always going to be in the context of people. And so if you want to grow and you want to develop in your relationship, I think many times we think growing and developing is is done in different ways. I think we think growing and developing is knowing the mysteries of God and prophesying and worshiping on stage and displaying our gifts. Those things are good, but that's not spiritual growth. As a matter of fact, write this down. Put this thing in your notes. If you're taking notes, write this down. It says you can't grow spiritually without growing relationally. Don't get quiet on me now. Man, Pastor Ro, I came from a word from God today. I came to hear from the Lord. Here it is. 
You can't grow spiritually without growing relationally. And I think sometimes we think that it's about our personal path with God and our personal development with God. But that is not done outside of the context of community. And I think sometimes if we, we can fall into the trap of the enemy thinking that our growth process is done by ourselves when God is saying, no, I'm going to grow you, I'm going to develop you, and I'm going to walk you into spiritual maturity. But that is not absent from a community in a body of Christ. See, God doesn't just deal with individual members. God deals with his body. The Bible says that we are the body of Christ and there are individual members, but let us not mistake it at all. It's about one body. <laughs> I'll prove it to you in scripture. Look, look what 1 Corinthians chapter 13 says. It says, if we speak in tongues of men and of angels, this is deep right here. This is spiritually deep right here. If we speak in tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic power and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and I have, watch this, all faith. Did you hear that? Did, did you read that with me? If I have all faith, so as to remove mountains, but have not love, look what it says, I am, say it, nothing. If I give away all I have and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but I have not love, I gain nothing. And so you can't grow spiritually without growing relationally. What's happening in this text is that the church in Corinth, what's happening with them is that, oh, this is a church that is, woo, man, they are fired up. They're, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are moving rampant. They're going crazy. I mean, they got people prophesying, this is what the Lord got to tell you. Ha, boom. Let me pray for you, brother. Boom, that person slayed. There's people running around, speaking in tongues, going crazy at it. The spirit is moving. And what has happened is that the people of God has, have made their gifting about themselves and about their selfish ambition. What's taking place in the church of Corinth is that they, they, they have sought... They have began to see their relationship with God as this individual path that is preserved by selfish ambition. Well, oh, 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 I, I got to fulfill my calling and my purpose, and I don't care about people. And this is what Paul is saying. He's saying, listen, you, you, you up here singing worship songs, but you still can't love people. You out here prophesying to people, but you can't even love the people you're prophesying for. Oh, you, you out here praying for people, but why is it that you can't love people? And he's talking to the church. He's saying, listen, man, I, this room is filled with gifted people. But ultimately what he's saying is saying, listen, it doesn't matter if you can prophesy. It doesn't matter if you can display your gifting on stage. What matters is how much have you matured in loving other people? He says, none of that matters. You, you think you're spiritually mature because you can prophesy and speak in a million and one tongues. But let me tell you something. It's not about speaking in a million and one tongues. What it is about is saying, hey, listen, can you love your brother even when they are unlovable? <laughs> you can't grow spiritually if you don't grow relationally. And so 
Many times in the body of Christ, we've got it so misunderstood. We have thought that somehow, oh yeah, okay, oh, I, gotta, I know how to prophesy now. I know how to speak in tongues now. I know how to read the Bible. I know all the books of the Bible, but what the Apostle Paul is saying is none of that matters if you don't understand that it's about people. So what he's saying, he's saying, listen, man, this, can, can you imagine the, the church in Corinth? There was so much gifting happening that Paul had to set orders. Paul had to be like, yo, 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 too many of you guys are prophesying over here. You over here got T.D. Jakes, you got Steve, Steve Fur Fur Furtick, you also got Judah Smith in one side. You got this person on one, there's too many of you guys, this is the Apostle Paul, he said, listen, one of you guys prophesy three at a time the most, and then let's see if there's an interpreter, and then let's see if we're going to do it this way. He, he, he even set order, why? Because it was a room of so many gifted people. And let me tell you, what I see at Kuhau, yes, I see a room of gifted people, but I'm, I don't think that God has called us solely to be a room and a community of gifted people. I think it's the same thing that Paul was saying to the church in Corinth. Listen, it's not about being a church full of gifted people. It's about being a church full of people who are a gift to other people. I don't want to be the kind of community that's just, oh, man, have you seen our worship team? Have you seen how good-looking the pastor is? Have you seen? Oh, hey, oh, hey. Have you seen? No, I want to be the kind of church when they say, man, this is not a room full of gifted people. This is a room full of people who are a gift to people. When you understand, hear me, when you understand the mission of God, you have already settled in your heart. You have already settled in your mind. You have already determined. When you, when you, when you are about the mission of God, when you are, when you are about this, I'm going to create a sermon title called About This Life. When you are about this life, when, when, you, when you have settled in your heart that you're about the mission of God, it's settling in your heart that you're calling is about a community. It's settling in your heart and you're determined that we are better together. You, 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 you're not wrestling with the thought, oh, I'm going to be alone. I'm not going to get close to this one. I'm not going to be. No, when you, when you are determined, when you know that you're about the mission of God, you have already settled in your heart. You have already settled in your mind that life is better together, that I'm not good by myself, that I'm not, I'm not called to live this life alone. I'm not called to do this life just by myself, that I'm called to be a part of a body, that I'm not just called to be a hand uh, disconnected from a body because a hand disconnected from my, a body is dead. But if the hand is, is connected, to the body and the body's connected to the mind then the hand can achieve great things and I just want to be the kind of community that is not full of gifted people but a community that is a gift to people and if you believe that in this place I dare you to give God some praise in this house we want to be a gift to people Philippians chapter 2 Paul is so gangster but Look at what Paul says in Philippians chapter 2. I mean, I want to I create another series, say, where were these verses when I grew up? If you've gotten anything at all out of the following Christ, has anybody got anything out of following Christ? Amen. If you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if his love has made any difference in your life, and being a community of the Spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, then do me a favor. Watch this. Agree with each other. We live in a day and age that we, we have lost the ability 
to even disagree. Because if I disagree with you, then we're enemies. Again, I don't want to be the kind of church that is defined by what we disagree with the world. I want to be the kind of church that is defined about what we agree with God and we stand together united. Look what it says. This is the power of agreement. If God has done anything in your life, if God has transformed you, if his love is found in your heart, if God has changed you in any way, here's what I want you to do. Agree with each other. That's so good. Agree, Agree with each other. Love each other. Be deep-spirited friends. How many people can we honestly say, man, I've, I've struggled in this area so many years, where I can say I have deep-spirited friends. I have friends that I grew up with. I have friends that, 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 that I've changed throughout the years and we no longer share. But, but deep-spirited friends, don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet-talk your way to the top. Put your self aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. Just, just sometimes we, you, just need to, you, you just need to forget yourself long enough. And that's what we need to do in the kingdom sometimes. We just need to forget ourselves just long enough because society, this culture, it, this message is countercultural because everything about society says you need to work your way to the top. You need to make sure you're, you're climbing the corporate ladder. And here's what Paul is saying. Oh, man, this, this kingdom mentality is a reverse mentality. It says this, you love God and you love people. And when you love God and you love people as you love yourself, you see that you will grow. And you, that, this is why the Bible says that God exalts the humble, but he he he. He shuns from the proud because if you're proud, you're saying to God, God, I don't need you. And here's what Paul is saying. Paul is saying, listen, all you got to do is just for a second, forget yourself long enough so that you can help somebody. And you'll see that when you're helping somebody, you're actually getting ahead and you're becoming all that God wants you to become. And you're actually developing and becoming spiritually mature. You're actually being transformed when you are serving one another. And so I don't know if you've noticed, but our church is growing. Our church is developing. I believe that in this room there are people, there's there's no greater joy for my wife and I just to see the lives being transformed and seeing people from a year ago just be completely different people a year later. It's in the same token that nothing hurts us and wounds us the most is seeing people take steps back. But I know that we're in a season. I don't know if you've been feeling it the last months. I mean, I think I've, I've, I've been approached by so many people where we just sense the move of God in this house. That there are times that we haven't been able to preach because God's presence has been here so thick and so powerfully. And God is moving in the lives of so many people. But God didn't just call us to become a big church. He's called us to become a healthy church. He's called us to become a healthy church. And we're going to grow spiritually, but the way we're going to grow spiritually is by growing relationally. And here's the second thing I want you to write down. Write this down. God's church, God's church must grow. God's church must grow. How? Larger and smaller at the same time. God's church must grow 
grow. Look what Acts chapter 2 verse 46 says. It says, they worship together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper. What do they do? They worshiped at the temple and they met in homes at the Lord's Supper and shared with meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and what? And enjoying the goodwill of all people. So it wasn't just praising God and forgetting about people. It was praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all people. And each day, look at this, look at the movement that's happening here. Each day, the Lord added to the numbers of those that were being saved. It wasn't a weekly thing. It wasn't a monthly thing. It wasn't a yearly thing. The movement of God, this, was what, this is what was happening when there was people not just feeling the Spirit, but it's not people that were just gifted by the Spirit. It's people that were dedicating their lives to be a gift to other people. And when you take your life and you say, I'm going to be a gift to other people, guess what? God starts adding in numbers, and the church starts growing, and the church starts expanding. You want to see Christ uncensored grow? Become a gift to someone else. God has called us to grow larger. I want to tell you right now, maybe you're here for the first time, or maybe you've been coming for a couple of weeks. I want to let you know that God is calling Christ Uncensored to grow larger. He's calling this church to grow larger. He's growing this church to expand. He's growing, he's calling this church. We're not called to be the to 20 to 40 people for decades and decades and, and not grow. Why? Because anything that is healthy always grows. When you're doing what God called you to do, when you're good, when I'm when I'm feeding my, I don't need to look at my son and say, grow. I'm gonna pray that you grow. No, why? All I gotta do is what? I need to feed him. And this is what the Bible says. The Bible says this. The Bible says, neither he who plants or waters is anything, it's only God who makes things grow. And so what's God's job? God's job is to make it grow, but our job is to plant and to water. And if the church is planting seeds. And speaking into the lives of people and becoming a gift to people. And they're watering it. And some of us are are called to plant seeds, but some of us are called to water as well. And if we're watering and planting, guess what's going to happen? Man, if if Staten Island knew what was happening behind the four walls of this church, I tell you this right now. This auditorium will not be able to contain the amount of people that will be flocking to if people only knew what was happening behind the four walls man we wouldn't be able to contain the amount of people in this island and so i see a church I see a church that's growing. I see a church that's developing. I see a church that's flourishing. I see a church that's going to fill these seats, all 378 seats that are in this, in, in this sanctuary, packed to kazoo. Not only one service, I see a church that's going to have multiple services, and each service is going to be packed to capacity. Not only one service, not only multiple services, but I also see a church that's going to speak multiple languages, and we're going to reach a whole different demographic of people. I see a church that's growing and developing. I see a church that's going to have a worship team that's going to write songs and those songs are going to be sung throughout the country. Those songs are going to be sung throughout the world. I see a church where those that are hungry will come and flock this way and what they're going to, they're going to be hungry and they might not want to know about God but we're going to have a pantry that's going to feed them and supply their need. I see a church that will grow larger in worship, larger in people and larger in our influence. If you see that church, I dare you to make some noise. 
Así. I see a church that is growing larger. And I see a church that's growing smaller. Smaller, how? In fellowship. Smaller in groups. And smaller in intimacy. When you're a healthy church, you're not just looking to grow in numbers. Numbers are a part of it because every number is connected to a person. When people t tell me, Pastor Roll, I'm not about the numbers, I say, I am not only about the numbers, but I am about the numbers. Because every number that is counted, that's a one person that has been rescued from darkness and has entered his marvelous light. So I am about the numbers. It says 3,000 were saved the first day. And so Peter was about the numbers too. And so I see a church that's also growing smaller. How? In small group fellowships. In tribes. Acts chapter 2, look at the way it puts it. It says... Acts chapter 2, it says they worshiped together at the temple each day. And look what it says. They met in homes. Where did they meet? In homes. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of people. See, God is not just calling us to be a big church. He's calling us to be a healthy church. And a healthy church has always grown to be what God intended it to be within the context of small groups, within the context of community groups. If you look at the church, like some people ask me about like the strategy of the church. I'm like, the best strategy is the one that happened in the book of Acts. You know what that is? They fellowshiped at the temple, but what did they do? All throughout the week, guess what they were doing? They were in their small group. They were in their community group. They were in their little cul-de-sac. Yeah, they, they would come and they fellowship in the temple, but throughout the week, you know what they were doing? They were, they were meeting in smaller groups. Why? Because they understood and God understands that if you're ever going to move in life, if you're ever going to become everything that God has called you to become. See, sometimes we come to this large gathering, but there's no one to hold us accountable. There's no one for us to do life with. And what happens in the context of community groups, man, it's life transforming stuff. Some of the greatest things that I've been able to witness has happened in communities, in community groups. Some of the breakthroughs that I've seen happen, man, this, I've been part of community groups at times where people just broke and they just shared and they were they were sharing some things that they could never share on a Sunday and they were able to ask questions and they were able to dig deeper and they were able to grow and develop and become everything that God has called them to become and this is the strategy that God has for his church he wants us to grow larger but he also wants us to grow smaller look what Acts chapter 5 says it says every day in the house of God and in the homes where Every day in the house of God and in the homes, they kept teaching and preaching about Jesus Christ. At Christ Uncensored, we're not a church that has community groups. We're a church of community groups. Maybe you're wondering, hey, hey Pastor Roy, what does that mean? What does it mean to be part of a community group? What does it mean to be part of a tribe? As we conclude this, this series, I, I want to talk to you about what a tribe is, what a community group is, what a family is. Again, we can get lost in the crowds, but when you are part of a crowd, you can also become a spectator. But when you're part of a community, when you're part of a smaller group, you don't become a spectator, you become a participator. 
And so I just want to give you five things real quick. Uh, also, this is, this is the difference between a community group. A community group, we go from going in rows, do we have that screen, to going in circles. Sometimes you got to step out of the row and start forming a circle where you can do life with people. Sometimes you got to step out of the line and just go into the context of a community and share your burdens with one another. And so our church family goes beyond an only Sunday experience. We're not only gathered, we don't, we're not only gathered for worship on Sunday, but we believe the growth, that growth, intimacy, and deepened relationships happens in community. And so I just want to give you five things. If you're asking, Pastor, what is a community group? I, I've heard Ruben talk about community groups. I've, talk, I've heard about announcements. I want to tell you this, that one of the, if you want to grow spiritually, you need to get part of a community. So number one, write this down. Five things you should know about community groups. Number one, number one is that groups are biblical. Hallelujah. Groups are biblical. Guess who had a community group? Jesus. The first, can you imagine that Jesus could have uh, done all the miracles by himself, that Jesus could have done everything by himself? You know what's the first thing that Jesus did? He gathered a community group. He got 12 of his disciples. And I don't know, I wouldn't have picked those 12 people, but Jesus decided to pick those 12 people. But at the same time, I wouldn't have picked me, but Jesus chose to pick me. And guess what? Jesus, while he walked this earth for three years, he rolled around with a community group. So the first thing you need to know about community groups is that it's biblical. The second thing you need to know is that groups are personal. Say that with me. Say groups are personal. And so here's the beauty of it. In these settings, we may not be able to ask questions, but you know what? When you're in a community group, guess what happens? You get to ask questions. You get to build with people. You can say, you know what, man, I heard Sunday's message, and I got a question about that. Pastor Rose said something, and it just really touched my heart, or I heard something that I didn't really agree with. Could you explain it deeper? And in community, you get to have those conversations. You get to ask questions. You get to make it personal. You can, you can peek in on how the scriptures apply to your personal life, what you're going through at that very moment. Number three, here's what I need you to know. Community groups are diverse. Here's the way we like to say it. Um, we have two types of community groups, and I want to just read it right off the screen. We have home groups, and we also have free market groups. Let me, let me read you the way we break it down, uh, home groups. At home groups, 3 to 12 adults meet once a week for about 60 to 90 minutes in locations throughout Staten Island and with different groups to choose from. We believe that there is a group out there for you. I believe Jesus gave us the best model for community groups. Jesus many times spoke to large crowds, but most of the time, he was in a small group. Walking through everyday life with his disciples, they would hang out, ask questions, make mistakes, but it was in the context of that environment that they grew spiritually and found freedom. So here's what a community group is, a home group is, in, 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 in the context of our church. Hey, you have 90 minutes throughout the week where you say, hey, I, I just want to get, gather with people. And so currently we have about five home groups or we have five community groups. And maybe you just, you could take 90 minutes of your week and say, you know what? I might not be able to make it to a Sunday service, but I, I might be able to make it a community group. Or, or I'm making it to Sunday service and I'm also being part of a community group. Again, we could have a weekly gathering, but our goal is not to gather larger and larger. Our goal is to gather larger, but also smaller. 
And so community groups provide that. And if you have 90 minutes of your week and you can take 90 minutes of your week and you can say, hey, you know what? I'm going to invest 90 minutes of my week just to develop better relationally. It's not so much, I got to learn all the Bible. I got to learn all the Bible. I, I got to learn all the Bible. I got to learn all the Bible. Listen, I've been preaching the Bible for 18 years, and I've developed more relationally in the last five than I have in the last 10. I've grown more spiritually in the last five than I have in the last 15. Because I, for a long time, I made the mistake of thinking that spiritual maturity had more to do with how much Bible knowledge I knew and how gifted I was. But it's really about how much of a gift I can be to people. And so maybe you don't have those 90 minutes. I, here's another option. We have free market groups, and these groups are common interest groups. They're activity groups. They're gifts group. These are groups that come together with a common interest, gym, singing, running, dining, coffee. We encourage people to gather together based on the things that they enjoy and are important to them. Essentially, the things you are already doing in life are the things that can make up your group. Our groups are as varied as we are. We simply say, just include God in it. This looks like reviewing a devotional 10 minutes before your activity begins and prayer after concluding your activity. Here's what a a free market group looks like. It's simply whatever you're doing, add God to it. And so maybe you have a reader's club or, 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 I'm sorry, a a book club. Or maybe, you know what you do? You You have a unique group. You go to Panera Bread every Saturday morning. And, that's your, and, and if you can get two to three people to say, hey, man, I'm going to go to Panera Bread at 9 a.m. every Saturday morning for the next six weeks. Would you join me? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to spend 10 minutes reading a Bible devotional, talking about it, and then we're going to munch down. We're going to eat some food, and then we're going to pray, and that's it. it. It would not take you more than 15 minutes, but guess what? You're doing life with people. And that's the commitment you're making. You're making this commitment, but you know what happens when you make that smaller commitment? What begins to happen is that you begin to build relationships with people. And now all of a sudden, you don't just care about your own needs. You don't just care about your own personal calling. You don't care about, you you care about the needs of others. But what happens is this, this is magical. Because when you start caring about the needs of others, God starts working in you. And so maybe, maybe 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 you have a dog. And you're walking your dog. What if you had three people that would walk a dog with you? Guess what you have? You have a walk in a dog group. Maybe you go to the gym every Thursday night. What if you had three to four people that you said, hey, I'm going to grab three or four people. And if they're willing to read a devotional, how long are the devotional apps, Frank? Two minutes, three minutes, three minutes. Literally, you can read a devotional app from Uversion Bible app, and when you read that, you talk about it. You have, sometimes they facilitate questions, and guess what happens? You start building with people. You start relating with people, and, and now you're, you're, do- you're not just walking a dog. Now you're walking a dog, but you're building relationships. Now, now you're not just going to the gym and getting physically fit. You're getting spiritually fit because why? You're growing relation. Is, is this blessing anybody? Is this helping out anybody here? The most satisfied people in their faith journey are people that are in two things, that are serving. Notice I said serving, and I didn't say displaying their gift, because you could display your gift and still not know how to serve. It's people who are serving and people that are in a community group. 
And the, statistically, this is statistically, the people that feel that they're getting the most out of their relationship with God are people that are not only coming to certain, uh, Sunday service, it's people who are serving in some capacity and also are part of a community group. And sometimes the people that's, again, this is statistically, the people that suffer the most, the first thing I ask, hey, are you serving or are you part of a community group? Oh, I don't feel like I'm growing. I don't feel like I'm developing. I don't feel like I'm, what are you doing? Oh, I'm only coming to church on Sunday. Oh, well, what about a community group? What about getting involved? What about serving one another? You'll start seeing that when you start working for God's kingdom, the, the, the CEO of that business will start working on you. Fourth, number four, number four, groups are seasonal. And so at Kuhau, we have, we believe that life happens in seasons. And when life happens in seasons, we understand that you have a schedule. And so we, 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 we do our groups in seasons. And, and here's the calendar for our seasons. We have January. Do we have that? Well, we have January through February is season one, six to eight weeks. We have season two that happens April through May. We have season three that happens June, and this is a shorter season. This is just a four-week journey. Maybe in June you're like, you know what, I think I could commit to something for four weeks, and I can be part of a community. And then we take off for the summer, because again, we understand people go on vacation, and we want you to be with your family. We want you to enjoy your summer. And so we come back in September for our last season of the year. And then we take off again in November so that you can be with your family for the holidays. And number five, groups are available to anyone. Groups are available to anyone. Pastor Ro, do I need a degree to, to be part of a group? No, you just need to be you. Pastor Ro, do I need to know all the scriptures? No, you just need to be willing to come. You just be, need to be willing to join. You need to be committed to your own spiritual development. And if you are committed to your own spiritual development, you're saying, man, I know that I can't grow spiritually unless I grow relationally, so I need to become part of a community. And so number five is, it's available to every, everyone. And here, here's, here's where we conclude as the worship team comes up. You can put this to the side. You can go to kuhau.com slash community groups and you can find out more about our community. You can find out more about our groups. And so this is what I want you to do. We have a form in front of you that I want you to fill out. Even before we go to the form, here's where we at with community groups. Can we show the five groups that we have? No, the, the picture. This is our church on Sundays. Throughout the week, what we have is the same thing in the book of Acts. Throughout the week, there's people gathering, there's people fellowshipping. Right now, we have groups Friday and Saturdays. We also have a group Saturday morning. We have a group Saturday evening. But we have five people. I don't know about you, but I just believe that God is calling this church to be more involved in community. And let me tell you, when we are more involved in community, this church will be an unstoppable mission for God. And so in 2019, what we're looking to do is is add five more groups. Five more groups, that's it. We currently have five. 
And in 2019, we want to add five more groups. And all we need is people willing to say, hey, I'm willing to invest in my spiritual development. That's all we need. We need people willing to say, hey, I'm willing to be trained. I'm I'm willing to learn. If if you want to host one, we want to be willing. You You don't have to come with any type of expertise. If you're willing to host one, we want to train you. If you're willing to be part of one, all you got to say is, I'm willing to be part of one. Show me where to go. Show me the options that I have. And we will point you to the group that is perfect for what you need at this moment. But I believe that if we continue adding, I mean, we can have groups upon groups upon groups all over this city. People who are growing and developing and becoming all that God has for them. If you believe that in this place, come on. So 20, 2019, we're going to add 10, we're going to have 10 groups. How many believe that? 2019, 2019. This is just, this is just being conservative. If we have 10 community groups with six to 10 people, you know what we have? 60 to hundred members growing. If we have in 2020, we add another 10, we'll have and six to ten, we'll have 120 to 200 members growing. If in 2021, we have 30 community groups with six to ten people, 180 to 300 members are growing. We're not just looking to be a large church. We're looking to be a healthy church. I don't want to just have a room full of people and say, oh, we have a nice crowd. No, I want to say when I when I reached the pearly gates to say, God, we had a church that was healthy. We had a church that was developing. We had a church that was maturing. And by 2023, again, this is just being conservative. If we have 50 community groups in the next five years, we will have over 500 people who are growing, developing, and becoming all that God has for them. And so today, here's what I want you to do. Take a few minutes to fill out this form. It's not a commitment. What you're filling out is not a commitment. You have this right on, right on your desk, right, uh, right on your chair. Right on your chair, you have this form right here that says community group training. It says, at Kuha, we believe you can't grow spiritually without connecting relationally. So, they, so today, we want to encourage you to step out of a row and into a circle and join a tribe. Or as we like to say, a community group. Life is better together. And so we want to select an option. December 16th, right after service at 1.30, we're going to have a community group training. If you can't make it on Sunday, we're also going to have it. That's supposed to say a Wednesday, but December 19th. So you can scratch out that second Sunday and just put Wednesday. That's December 19th at 7 p.m. That'll be hosted at my home. Or maybe you're not ready to lead a community group, but maybe you just want to attend a community group or start a community group or maybe start a free market group. You say, Pastor Ro, I go to the gym every so-and-so. Pastor Ro, I do this. Um, um, whatever your activity is, if you can add God to it and maybe three, two, the Bible says where two or more are gathered, there I am. If you get two to three people to join you, man, this unit will be a force to be reckoned with. Amen? Last scripture, Ecclesiastics. This is where we got to settle in our hearts. This is what we got to settle. Vic, help me out. Um, um, Trisha, help me out. 
Bible says, and I, and I, want, I really want you to catch this. We have to settle in our hearts that life is better together. This idea that life is just on my own, like, no, life is better together, connected to the body. We are one body, many individual members. But look what Ecclesiastes says, is two people are better than one. When two people work together, they get more work done. If one person falls, if one person falls, guess what? You know what we got? Hear me, hear me. We got a lot of people doing this. Offer me some help, Jisha. I, I got it. I do. I, I, I do it on my own. I can get up on my own. If one person falls, the other one, come on, my brother, picks him up. If two people sleep together, they will keep warm. You got, oh, that's disgusting. But let me tell you, if you were freezing in the cold, you will be cuddling with me. I'm telling you that right now. Sleeping alone will not be warm. An enemy might be able to defeat one person. You know why sometimes we're walking defeated? It's because we're walking alone. And what God is saying is the, an enemy can defeat one person, but two people can stand back to back. I said two people can stand back to back. I said two people can stand back to back. And I got my brother's back and he has my back. But then it says that a three, a three part wrapped together it's very hard to break. You want to see an unbreakable church? You want to see an unstoppable church? See a group of people that have each other's back. See a group of people that are willing to pick each other up. See a group of people that when times get rough, we can hold on to each other. Come on, if you believe that in this place, I dare you to open up your mouth. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.